Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by the Elevating Homeschool Community. What is that? Sure sounds like Elevating Motherhood. That's because I made it and I'm so excited about it. Oh my gosh, all these years I have wanted to bring you guys homeschool support that is off of social media. I remember when I first started homeschooling someone else's kids and then also my own kids, I had no idea what homeschool is all about. I knew that I had to do it. I did not know where to begin. I did not know which curriculum was good. And so I turned to Facebook and Facebook quote unquote support groups to get some information. I knew that I needed to turn to veteran homeschool moms, moms who have done this for years and just have a piece about their homeschool because I wanted a peaceful homeschool. But I'll tell you, there's nothing about Facebook and Facebook support groups that is peaceful. It's a lot of arguing. It's the blind leading the blind. It's a lot of people asking questions and not getting a lot of answers. And as I started homeschooling more, I realized that the veteran homeschool moms were off of social media. They were tired. They were exhausted from all the questions and really having to carry groups, but they had a heart for helping people. And so it was this crazy conundrum of you have these super generous, really experienced, awesome, loving veteran homeschool moms who wanted to share their hearts with others, but the toxic culture of Facebook and just social media in general made it impossible. It felt like to show up and then maintain their peace, their inner peace, their homeschool peace, all of that. So they just started leaving Facebook a lot. And then that left a lot of us scrambling with questions and insecurities in the social media space, which if you have even spent five minutes on Facebook can be just crazy town. I left Facebook quite a while ago and I have not looked back and don't plan to. But I'm also one of those moms who has a heart to help other homeschool moms because I know that you need advice, but more than advice, you need encouragement and resources. And well, that's what I do here on the podcast, but I don't want this to be just a homeschool podcast, even though I have homeschool episodes. I want to encourage and resource you and help you find your confidence to make the best decisions for your family. So after years of trying to figure out where to do that and how I have figured it out, I am back over on Patreon, but this time for the Elevating Homeschool Community. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash Elevating Homeschool Community, you will find me there. This is a place where I will be showing up off of social media, keeping the culture there, really encouraging filling it with resources and deals for you. Oh my gosh. And the moms who are already there, I just adore them. And I would love for you to be there too. So we can encourage one another. You can ask questions. It's kind of like dear Abby for homeschoolers, but it's dear Lori Beth. I want to show up for you. I want to encourage you. I want to bring you peace and I want to do it off of social media. So if this is something that you need in your life, 
You're needing encouragement, solid resources, and a community of moms who are also trying to create a peaceful, productive, loving homeschool. The Elevating Homeschool community is for you. Go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Elevating Homeschool community. I hope to see you there. Aloha. Oh my gosh. I am so excited for this episode. I know I'm so excited for every episode, but this is a new series that I decided to move forward with. I have been praying about this for a really long time. There's so many topics that I've wanted to bring up, but I felt like they haven't had a solid intro, middle, and ending. Like I try really hard to curate shows, whether they're solo shows or interviews and whatnot. I read the books of authors that I interview, and I just try to be really thoughtful so that I can provide you with resources and insight and just maybe steer conversations in a perspective or a route that we hadn't really thought about before. And mostly, I just want to encourage conversation and and thinking. I just want us to pause. It's why we listen to podcasts, right? It's we want to hear other perspectives. We want to hear stories and all of that. And then we want the opportunity to think about it and then talk about it either with um, me. You can email me and talk about it that way or on Instagram um, or in my um, Elevating Homeschool community. There's so many ways to reach out and have conversations with me about these different topics, but then also with your in-person friends too, right? I think it's really important for moms to spend some time thinking about topics and then talk about them with other moms. And gosh, I have so many incomplete thoughts about so many different topics that are motherhood centered. And today, I'm just going to do it. I'm there's no intro, there's no middle, there's no end, there's no bow on the top of this episode. This is going to be incomplete thoughts on pettiness that actually stem from two stories that I'm going to share with you. Um, that happened over Halloween, and then how I decided to handle it, because these two stories were really sitting with me, and quite frankly, kind of bothering me. And I was trying to figure out how to come to Jesus with these with these conversations and these thoughts. So I'll just jump in and tell you these different stories. And then tell you why it is I've had pettiness um, and being petty on my on my mind and why I think it's important to reflect on it and look at it in our motherhood and within ourselves and see if maybe even unintentionally we are encouraging pettiness in our children. So the first story I'm going to tell you is um, it happened at a diner. I took my kids on Halloween day um, to a diner. I decided that we would go try it out. It's a super famous diner around where we live. And we sat down and the ambiance is great. And we're talking about all the things that are all around us. And we're ordering things um, off the menu to share and try because gosh, we've been waiting a year and a half to eat at this place. And we were so excited. And of course, I have to compete with um, a television that's in the wall showing a black and white version of um, The Little Rascals. And my kids have never seen this before. And you don't have to hear what The Little Rascals are saying in order to be entertained by them. So what started off as this awesome kid and mom breakfast brunch, really, um, turned into, hey, guys, um, do you want to stop watching the television and keep talking? And they were like, eh, we're just going to eat our food. And like, 
I could not compete with the little rascals. So I wasn't going to cause a scene. I wasn't going to force my agenda on the kids. I mean, I get it. I drag them around to do all these errands. It was a full errand day. And I thought, you know, I'll just let them veg out and just watch little rascals for a little bit and maybe have a, a meal in peace. Well, so what do you suppose I did? I eavesdropped on the table next to me, but um, quite frankly, you could not not eavesdrop on this super loud table. So it was an interesting setup. Um, it was a grandparent, I believe, and the parents, and then a daughter who had recently flew out of the nest um, and was living on her own. They all showed up at different times and sat down to order. And the dad was like, well, honey, how's it going? How are your roommates? like any problems, but he didn't ask it in a caring concern kind of way. It was more like, what are the problems this week? Kind of thing. Like, oh, so she started saying, oh my gosh, they do not do the dishes. They just don't do the dishes and went on and on and on and on and on about how they start to do the dishes, but then don't finish. And they think that that's good enough, but it's not. And basically saying that any decent human being would know that it is your responsibility to do the dishes. I cannot live in this slovenly state. I'm not going to do it for them. I do not know what to do. Well, I'm 43 and I have had roommates in the past and I have been the roommate who leaves dishes sometimes. And I feel very ADHD some, sometimes when it's like starting a task and then not finishing it. And so on some level, also as a mom, I get it, starting something, not finishing, all of that. Well, the thing that struck me was not the girl's interpretation of it, because this is um, her first time living outside of her parents' house and having to deal with these I want to call them micro conflicts um, that come up when you're in your early 20s living with your first roommates in an apartment or a house together. But it was the dad's response that really struck me because he was loud and insistent that he had the answer. And his answers were along the lines of take pictures of the dishes and send them to them. Shame them. Shame them. It's shame that will change their behavior. This is completely unacceptable. I cannot believe that they are treating my daughter this way. It is horrible. You have to shame them. You have to threaten them. He kept saying, threaten them, threaten them. And I was like, threaten them with what? Like, what on earth could you threaten them? She, he, he literally said the words, send them threatening texts and take pictures to document it. This is unacceptable and totally inappropriate. And I had feelings about this, you guys. I did. I had feelings about it. I was dismayed. I was shocked. You know, I don't want to turn around and tell anybody else how to parent. And I felt like this whole conversation was super petty. Um, like the topic was really petty and, and all this stuff in Israel is happening at this time too, you know, kind of still is. And, and we've got, you know, personal stuff going on and business stuff and community stuff and nation stuff. And I just thought, my gosh, are we living in such a way that we are not aware of, of bigger issues in the world or growing as a person or encouraging other people. Like it's just lost on us and we're just swimming. Our, our culture tells us to swim in these petty details and to fight with one another and draw your line in the sand about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And there's not a lot of togetherness talk. 
Um, so I was just, I was sitting there, basically, I felt like having lunch by myself as the kids watched this thing. And then also listening to this conversation that you could not help but listen to. It was so loud and insistent and the, the place isn't all that big. And I bit my tongue and didn't say anything. Of course, it wasn't my place to say anything, but you know, you know how sometimes you're tempted to say stuff, um, <laughs> even as a mom, <laughs> especially as a mom. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's just too bad. That's too bad. And I thought, but glass houses, right guys? It's not like I don't get upset about petty things, but I wondered, I wanted to use that story and what it is I was hearing and my discomfort with that dad's response, not as a way to judge him or to think that I have the answers. Instead, I just really wanted to sit with my discomfort and ask myself, why am I so uncomfortable? Why is his response feeling so petty to me? And why do I think that pettiness is not something that we should encourage in our kids? And it's not something that we should be so focused on. And how do we get out of that? So I'm sitting with this story, not again, not like holier than thou, I know how to handle that situation better than him. Oh my gosh, I would never have said that. Instead, I was just observing. And I think that that is something that's missing from our culture too. Because anyone listening to this episode could easily say, here you are preaching on pettiness. And I think it's pretty petty that you would insert yourself into somebody else's life and conversation. I am fully aware of that perspective and own it for sure, for sure, which is why I wanted to sit with this story and this discomfort and really look into it more. So fast forward, and um, we went trick-or-treating. And before you shut this episode off, <laughs> there, I, I have episodes about trick-or-treating and Halloween and how we handled it last year. And then this year, we kind of did a repeat of just like one block in our neighborhood with our old neighbors um, for kind of old times sake. And it was interesting and, and panned out a lot like last year's. So I have to tell you, I hold on to thoughts. I wasn't holding on to it in anger, but I was holding on to this dad's advice to his daughter, this grown dad's advice to his grown daughter. Um, and I was thinking about it all day. And as we're walking around the block trick-or-treating, there was a mom behind us with a daughter. Um, it was just the two of them. And we're in this huge group with lots of kids. I mean, oh my gosh, how many kids do we have between us? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine kids. So we're quite the group. And there was just the one mom and the one kid behind us. Um, and at one point, I heard her say, Honey, I just wanted to say thank you for only taking one piece of candy when you walk up to the doors. And the daughter said in reply, Mom, of course, like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to walk up to the door and take a piece of candy, like, say thank you and leave. Like, why? She goes, why are you telling me this? And she goes, well, because I've noticed all of these children around us are taking more than one piece of candy when they go up to the door. And it is so inappropriate. So I just wanted to say, honey, I noticed that you were doing the right thing, even though everyone else around us isn't. Now, there was no one else around us <laughs> besides us, like us. And so she goes, Mom, why are you telling me this? And she's like, who are you noticing this anyway? Like, who's doing this? And there's no one else to notice but us. And then the mom obviously pointed at something and the daughter went, oh, and I thought, oh, my gosh, what the heck? What? <laughs> I was like, hmm, this feels like a pettiness 
issue come up again in the same day. And I was like, why am I so concerned about pettiness? Why am I thinking about all this pettiness? And I felt like it was a really petty thing for her to say. Also, I'll tell you, the only time our kids took more than one piece of candy is when the 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 people were insistent that the kids take more because our kids know the same kind of general social polite rules too and we're abiding by those but when they were offered more than one the kids would take you know the second one if they were offered it and they would they would be polite and abide by that person's rules but her daughter when offered a second one would decline it and only take one and the mother felt like it was important to very passive aggressively um, say this out loud in a condescending tone. And her daughter in response was like, Mom, why are you even bringing this up? Why are you even saying this? And I thought, well, from a mothering standpoint, and I'm, I'm trying to come at this from a place not of judgment, like I, not me judging this mom who was judging me, but instead like, why does that mom's advice bother me? Why does the passive aggressive comment bother me? Why... Why am I bothered by all of this? And it came back to pettiness again. I thought, oh my gosh, why are we so concerned with those kind of details in life too? Like where it's just all consuming. And then we're trying to build our children up and we're trying to teach them the ways of the world. And do we have to do it at the expense of other people? And I don't think that we do. So when I think back to that dad in the diner giving his daughter the advice of shame them, threaten them, take pictures, text them so you have documentation of this, I thought, oh my gosh. Oh, and he was praising her for being the one to do the dishes and, and having the basic manners and, and all of that. And then here's this mom later on that same day, tell, you know, shaming other people, you know, pointing it out, um, being passive aggressive, and then trying to build her daughter up and saying, like, I'm proud of you. But instead of saying, I'm proud of you, I'm proud of you for doing the dishes. I'm proud of you for taking just one piece of candy. It was like at the expense of somebody else too. And I just felt like there was a way for us to encourage our kids and applaud our kids for doing what we feel like is the right thing and what it is we've taught them without the pettiness and the pride. So Halloween was a couple of weeks ago. So I've still been sitting with this notion and it occurred to me that I'm not going to have the answers. I'm not going to have the answers. I have to seek it out from someplace else. And whether that's in conversation with somebody else or where. So what do you suppose the answer was for me? It was to open my Bible. It was to do a quick Google search. What does the Bible say about being petty? And wow, the Bible has so much to say about being petty. And then I also looked up, what does the Bible have to say about um, pride? And I just wanted to share with you some of these notions because all of a sudden I felt like I could lay down this burden that I've been carrying about like, why does this bother me? Why, what is it about pettiness and pride that I need to learn from these situations? Um, I'm not even saying these other parents need to learn this. I'm saying that I need to learn them and have a piece about pettiness and pride um, and make sure that when I'm teaching my kids, it feels, it's helped me recognize that when I'm teaching my kids, 
I want to make sure that I don't include pridefulness and pettiness. And that feels important to me. And it is through real world examples that I find this out. So again, I'm not sharing these stories um, as a way to judge those parents. I am sharing it as, hmm, I feel discomfort within myself and I want to make sure that I am not doing that. And so how do I ensure that? Well, my Bible had a lot of answers. So when I looked up, what does the Bible have to say about being petty? Here are some examples. So I'm just going to read through them and then give you my thoughts on each one and what it is I took away from each verse. So Philippians 2 verses three and four says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only on his own interests, but also the interests of others. So I was thinking about that in relation to like roommate advice. So when my kids grow, grow up and move out, cry, cry. (laughs) I mean, I know they're supposed to, but also, Oh, it flies by so fast. What am I going to say to them? What am I going to say to them about roommates? And I think that I do want to encourage them to also look to their roommates' interests and what it is they're doing and and consider that and consider them when these small everyday problems arise. And I think I also want to encourage them not to put a charge to every single disagreement um, that comes up with roommates. Because if we did that, I think that that leads to pettiness and pridefulness and a lot of hurt um, and a lot of focusing on the wrong things. So I think that the Philippians chapter two offers a wider lens for us to look at when we're giving advice to our children. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Hmm. I definitely, after I read that verse, felt like uh, there wasn't a lot of building up, um, but there was sort of the intention or the hope of building their own kids up, but also then forgetting built the building up of others too. And how do we encourage those? And how do we give grace to those who hear what it is we're talking about? That verse helped me realize that that those were the missing pieces um, from those two conversations that I had overheard earlier. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that makes me feel like this podcast. It makes me think about this podcast. I am an opt-outer. I encourage you all to opt out of our current culture and the secular culture that we live in that is just filled with toxic messaging. So do not be conformed to this world. That is my heart behind this podcast. Um, And I feel like pettiness and pridefulness is a huge undercurrent in our culture but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I feel like by taking time to reflect and even um, record this for you, that's what I'm doing is I'm, I feel like I'm creating space to be transformed and have my thoughts renewed and not renewed from a space of, I think I know better, but turning to my Bible and saying, okay, what does it say about pettiness and pridefulness that will bring me peace? Because um, I am really tired of carrying around these stories and not knowing what to do with them. And lo and behold, there, there it is. Romans 12, two even talks about discernment and discerning what is the will of God. And well, 
how are we going to do that? <laughs> Definitely not by me sitting around going, oh, I feel uncomfortable, but by opening my Bible and finding out what is good and acceptable and perfect. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 talks about the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Ah, <sighs> more of that, more of that. So when I'm shaping the hearts and minds of my children, I want to keep in mind the fruits of the spirit. And it makes me think I should probably have those around. Um, Ruth Cho Simons, she has a beautiful fruits of the spirit print. And I've considered putting that on my Christmas list for myself for Christmas and hanging it on the wall and finding it and reading it and realizing that these are values that I want to instill in my children, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and that these are things that I need to, I can begin by having them around as visual reminders, visual cues, and that definitely, definitely helps me in my everyday mothering journey, having these reminders around me to lean into in times when I'm not 100% sure how it is I want to show up. But those nine words, yep, that's going to recenter me for sure. Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. You reap what you sow. So if we are encouraging one-upness, uh, encouraging our kids to feel like they're better than other children, um, encouraging our children to threaten and shame we will reap what we sow. And if we don't want that, um, to receive that, then it's not something that we should be sowing. So something for me to keep in mind too, that when I'm talking to my children and offering them advice, you reap what you sow is very much a biblical notion. Romans 15, five says, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in, record with, in accord with Christ Jesus. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. Endurance and encouragement. Endurance and encouragement. Awesome. <laughs> That's what every mom needs and what it is we hope to pass on to our children. And this notion of living in harmony with one another, I think that's what kind of bothered me about those conversations too when I think about this verse is that neither one encouraged their children to live in harmony with each other or encouraged in endurance. And, and there wasn't really any encouragement there at all. And when I say it that way... I'm sitting here like, you know, it's, but this is the incomplete thought series, right? It, when I think about it in that, that way, I'm afraid of being judgmental of these parents. Um, but what I'm actually trying to say is this shone a light on what I saw was missing from their advice. And it's something, I'm not saying it's something that they should have done. I am saying it's something that I want to keep in mind when I am encouraging my children. And I want to make sure I'm encouraging my children and not just telling them what to do and not giving them ang advice from an angry state or a prideful state. That feels really important to me. And Romans 15, 5 highlight, highlighted that for me. 
1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. I know lots of people think about it for weddings, but I think of it for everyday advice for our children. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Most people apply that to marriages, and I'm over here applying it to um, dishes and roommates and also Halloween candy. So it has a place in our lives, in our everyday lives, and in those moments that could turn into pettiness very, very, very easily. Instead, I think we can lean into the notion that love is patient and kind and it does not envy or boast. And perhaps me as a mom, I can lean into that notion a little bit more when I'm offering advice to my children or trying to build them up. Romans 12.3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. That kind of starts to get into the pride um, realm too, that we not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. It's a good reminder. Um, humility, I'm in a season of feeling called to humility and also trusting in God's timing. If you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I felt a couple of years ago, God put it on my heart to start working on detachment. Um, and detachment is something that was always at the forefront of my life for quite some time, for m- more than two years. And since coming to Idaho, It has been humility, a call to humility, and then also a call to trust God's timing more than my own. And that's why I like Romans 12, 3, um, as just a reminder for me in the season I'm in, in the calling that I'm in the middle of, um, to not think of myself more highly than I ought to think. It's, It's really, really a good reminder. And to think with sober judgment. That gives me peace in recording this too, is that I would like to think that I am thinking about this situation with sober judgment, but these Bible verses definitely, definitely help keep me centered in that space and to not be prideful, which brings me to um, the two verses that really stuck out to me most when I, when I searched for what does the Bible say about pride. Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's another common saying in our culture um, that's common to the ears, but not common in practice, that pride goes before a fall. That's actually a biblical notion and not just a catchy phrase or a meme, but pride goes before a fall. And that will be an interesting one to teach my kids because we want them to feel confident um, and I don't think I'm quite there yet because my kids are still super young when it comes to pride and self-esteem and all of that. I don't have any middle schoolers yet, and I know that that time is coming, but Proverbs 16, 18 is a good one for me to keep in mind that pride goes before a fall. Um, And just really good thing I'm reading it now and thinking about it now so that when the middle school and junior high and high school years do come, I have had time to think on it and meditate on it before I'm offering advice to my kids that not only encourages them and builds them up, but also addresses pride and self-esteem 
And in our culture, we also have to consider self-worship, right? The other verse about pride was Romans 12, 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Hmm. <laughs> excellent, excellent note to end on, I think. So, well, the, that's it, you guys. Those are my incomplete thoughts on pettiness. Um, I would love to know what you think of these stories. I would love to know what you think of my thoughts on this um, my and how it is I have worked through this over the last couple of weeks. And then also how I found peace with these stories and with these notions and what it is I was wrestling with by opening my Bible and reading multiple verses that really just were a balm to my spirit. Truly, truly, truly. I feel strengthened as a mom. I feel at peace with these stories. And I feel like when my kids are coming to me with their problems that they have, that I will keep these in mind when offering them advice. These are also verses that I want to keep in mind when I am building them up, that I'm not doing it in a way that is at the expense of others, and also in a way that's just really countercultural, truly, by me saying, hey, there's a couple of stories I want to share with you, and um, out of these stories is not an example of how I want to be, but actually an examples of how I don't want to be with my kids. And I think that that's okay. And our current culture would tell you, oh my gosh, shame, shame on you. Oh, it's so judgmental of you to say this. Oh my gosh, like why would you throw somebody else under the bus? Uh, I don't think that's what's happening. We don't only have to highlight what it is we like in this world. We're not here to say boo or yay about every situation. That was just um, part of our, part of the message at our, my church the other day was like, we are not just fans on the sidelines and our team comes out on the field and we're not just cheering on our team and saying yay for our team. And then when the other team comes out on the field saying boo, that's not what we're doing. There's so much more depth to life and the dynamics of our culture and how it is we interact with people. There's just so much more depth than just standing on the sidelines saying yay or boo. So I hope that you see, I trust that you see that this is not me standing on the sidelines looking at other parents saying boo, boo. <laughs> it's me saying, hmm, uh, something's uneasy in me and I want to figure out what that is and I want to make sure that I'm doing the best I can and I also also want to make sure that I'm showing up and giving my kids advice from a biblical worldview and that feels like the most important way to opt out in our in our current culture and I think by us doing that and upholding that biblical worldview and trying to show up trying our best to show up for our children in a way that upholds a biblical worldview, that we are going to change our current culture and we're going to change our family and our children because how we show up and offer them advice is how they are going to be showing up and interacting with the world. And I think we're putting out some pretty cool kids who get it and who will also be encouragers and who will also show up with humility and understanding and a really solid foundation of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Thank you so much for listening to this. Um, I have a few more episodes coming out with incomplete thoughts on other topics too. And if you have a topic that you feel like could really use some airtime, 
in the incomplete thought space, please send me an email, lauribeth at elevatingmotherhood.com, because I would love, love, love to start these conversations with you and just show up as we are, as we're learning in process and just embrace these incomplete thoughts together in dialogue. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. I'll see you next time. Aloha. That's it for this episode of Elevating Motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration or maybe a little of both. If you like today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, Mama. I appreciate you.